Hey, everybody. So Bethany is always telling me to, uh, when I'm speaking, to make a joke. <laughs> and, yeah, you're, it's on cue. You're already laughing. Good job. Yes. Um, but the joke I was actually going to use was uh, that our crowd would be uh, pretty small tonight with all of the snowbird people, you know, going home for uh, Christmas break. But uh, what a good crowd tonight. Um, it's good to see people visiting, um, family uh, that, that have, have come uh, to spend this uh, Christmas season here. And um, it's just, it's a, it's a special time of the year. Um, and I know for me, um, just thinking through uh, this Advent season, um, and I actually wanted to start uh, tonight, um, I wanted to read something from Desiring God on Advent, because I know for me, as a new believer, um, there was a long period of time where people would talk about Advent, and I really didn't understand what they were talking about, and so um, I want to I start off our time tonight reading about Advent and what, um, what it is. We are a people of promise, for centuries, God prepared people for the coming of his son, our only hope for life. At Christmas, we celebrate the fulfillment of the promises God made, that he would give a way to draw near to him. Advent is what we call the season leading up to Christmas. It begins four Sundays before December 25th, sometimes in the last weekend of November, sometimes on the first Sunday in December. 1 Peter 1, 10 through 12 is a clear description of what we look back to during Advent. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you. And the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Things into which angels long to look. For four weeks, it's as if we are reenacting, remembering the thousands of years God, God's people were anticipating and longing for the coming of God's salvation for Jesus. That's what Advent means, coming. Even God's men who foretold the grace that was to come didn't know what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating. They were waiting, but they didn't know that God, what God's salvation would look like. In fact, God revealed to them that they were not the ones who would see the sufferings and glory of God's Christ. They were serving not themselves, but you. And the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. They were serving us. We Christians on the side of Jesus' birth are a God-blessed, God happy people because we know God's plan. The ancient waiting is over. We have the greatest reason to celebrate. And that's what we're going to do tonight, is we're going to look at Jesus. 
In our Advent readings over this past month, we've been able to reflect on Scripture, pointing us to the coming, to the birth and the celebration of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And for me, for many years, as I mentioned before, I didn't even know what Advent was. But it has grown to be one of my favorite times of the year. For me, more than New Year's, it, is, it has turned into a time of reflection over the past year. A time to reflect on good times with my family and my friends. Reflecting on growth that I have seen the Lord do in my life. But it's also been a time to reflect on the seasons of struggle and trials. Not only do I reflect on my own personal trials, but I reflect on times where I've been walking with some of you through your personal trials and seeking the Lord's guidance through those trials. And as I reflect on these, these times, I can, I'm continually thankful that our God doesn't leave us to struggle on our own. God sent his son to rescue us. He sent Jesus to rescue me. He sent Jesus to rescue you. And Jesus is the hope of the world. And we celebrate this truth, not only during this season, but every day we should celebrate Jesus as our only hope. But are we? Are we living like that? Are we keeping that in view? Or are we hoping in other things? Are we hoping in comfort, money, a job, a relationship? Are we looking to and giving ourselves to other things, hoping they will satisfy us and bring us happiness? See, this time of year is a great time to look back on this past year and self-evaluate, to really examine what our life is about and what we have been hoping in. I know myself, and if I take my eyes off of Christ, if I stop hoping in him, I will in my flesh start hoping in myself or other things. God knew this. He knew and knows outside of the work of the gospel, we are a hopeless people that will forever be trapped in darkness and live lives separated from him. We'll be looking tonight at 1 Peter Chapter 1, verses 3 through 15. So if you have your Bibles, um, you can go ahead and turn there. And as we look at it, I want us to pray that God would use his word to help us and to lead us as we look back on this past year and as we walk into this next year. So follow along with me as I, I, as I read through uh, verses 3 through 15 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness 
of your faith more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves but you in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into which angels long to look. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Pray with me again. Lord, I pray right now that you would use your word to speak to us, to cause us to reflect on our lives, to cause us to examine how we've been living in light of your gospel. And I, I pray, Father, that you would, as you've done with me this week in, in preparation, I pray that you would continue to help us and point us towards your son, Jesus, and to help us to walk in repentance of things that we are doing against you, a holy and righteous God, a father who loves us dearly, a father who loved us enough to send his son to pay a debt that we couldn't pay. And so, Father, I pray right now that your, your voice would be the only voice that we hear and that you would help us, Lord. Help us to seek you first in everything we do. And Lord, I pray right now that you would use me as your mouthpiece and that we would hear only your words. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. This past week as I was preparing for today, I started to look over different ways people um, have defined this word hope and that's what we're looking at today Jesus is our only hope our living hope and one definition I came across is uh, the guy said to cherish a desire with anti anticipation a feeling of expectation and we use this word all the time I hope I win this game I, I hope I make a good grade I hope the Blue Devils lose. I hope Virginia Tech wins. But we use that word, and, and it's like the definition said. We use it in a way that we're anticipating a good outcome, um, a feeling of expectation. But as followers of Christ, we know this hope Peter is writing about, it's different. 
A quote I got from a Reformation study Bible says, a key word in this epistle is hope. In the Bible, hope is not uncertainty or wishful thinking, but a confident expectation of future blessing based on facts and promises. In other words, biblical hope has reference to something that is certain but not yet fully seen or experienced. Living indicates the undying and permanent character of this hope. And I love the way that uh, the Lord led uh, Phil Wickman to write this song, and it's the way that the Lord led him to, to define it in his mind what he is speaking here in First Peter. And later on, we'll be, we'll be singing this song, but listen as, um, as I read through this song and talking about this living hope. How great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written, Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mercy? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? The God of ages stepped down from glory to wear my sin and bear my shame. The cross has spoken. I am forgiven. The King of kings calls me his own. Beautiful Savior, I'm yours forever. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Hallelujah. Praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah. Death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There's salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried, buried body began to breathe. Out of silence, the roaring lion declared the grave has no claim on me. Jesus, yours is the victory. Hallelujah, praise the one who set me free. Hallelujah, death has lost its grip on me. You have broken every chain. There is salvation in your name. Jesus Christ, my living hope. And I, I started thinking through and, and, and praying through this verse and how the Lord was using it to uh, create that definition of hope, that living hope in my mind. And, and I started journal, journaling out and using pa uh, Peter's words. And, and I began uh, to write, and it started off, His mercy, God's mercy has caused us, has awakened us, has rescued us to be born again to a living hope. How? How has he done this? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Jesus' death and resurrection has caused us as believers to be born again. This living hope is not a hope that will fade away or lose any of its power. Verse 4 says, It's a living hope that has an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading. God is keeping it in heaven for you, for me. As believers, no one can take this living hope from us. Why? Verse 5 says, by God's power. And no one is taking anything away from God. Verse 5 says, uh, by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. Is this the hope we are seeing in the world, the, the world through? 
Is this the view, the way you look at the world? Is this the filter, the lens that you see all of the world through, that you see your life through? Is this the hope that you are walking through trials with? As believers, we have been called to live differently than the rest of the world. We know this is not our home. We have been called to face trials differently. Verse 3, Peter says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. We face trials with a living hope. What is Peter describing here? If we are not facing trials with this living hope, what would be the opposite of that? If we're not going into to trials this week and next week with this living hope in view, what is the opposite? It's a dead hope. Let's look at it from, from a different perspective. James 2.26 says, Faith without works is dead. That means a faith that is not producing fruit is barren. It is also dead. It is a dead faith. So the way that we look at it now, let's go back and think about this living hope. Living hope is that, living hope is a hope that has power, power from God, and hope that has power from God produces fruit. If it changes people's lives, it changes the way we walk through trials. This living hope 24 years ago completely flipped my world upside down see for the first 21 years of my life I lived without this living hope in view I wanted nothing to do with the gospel but Jesus changed that April 1999 he completely changed my whole world and he showed me that there was hope because I had been living my life Searching for hope and relationships through self-medication, through alcohol and drug abuse. And I found out on that April 1999 that I didn't have to live like that anymore. And he completely changed my life. And now I see trials. I see my life through a different lens. This living hope should also be pushing us to love in such a way that it brings glory and honor to Jesus, not to us or anything else. 1 Peter 1, 13 through 15 says, Gird up your minds, be sober, and set your hope fully upon the grace that is coming to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves also in all your conduct. This living hope, again, not only came into the world to save us from sin and death, but he came to rescue us daily from our former passions, namely living for and worshiping self. Peter uses this word former, meaning past, and as followers of Christ, those that are living with this living hope in view, 
do not operate. Do not live in such a way that drags your past life back up into the present. And I know for me, any time I take my focus off of this living hope and start operating in my flesh, I'm reaching back to my former ignorance and I'm dropping it right back into the present. We do that, don't we? When we walk in that former ignorance, and I do that from time to time, we all do that as believers. There's times where we walk in the flesh and what we're doing when we do that, when I go back to how I operated those first 21 years of my life, when I lose my temper, when I become prideful, when I become jealous, in that moment, what I'm doing is I'm dragging the past, that former ignorance, and I'm dropping it back into my present. And I'm taking my eyes and my hope off of Christ. And what I'm doing, what we're doing in that moment, is that we're saying the way I'm acting, the way I'm conducting myself is better than Jesus in this moment. And that is a hopeless way to live. Are we focusing on this living hope in such a way that it is helping us to fight against fear and anxiety? Are we keeping this living hope in view when that anxious feeling comes on, that fearful, fearful feeling, when our emotions start lying to us? Are we running to Jesus our living hope, or do we allow those emotions to lie to us and tell us to be fearful, tell us to be anxious? See, in those moments, we need, we have to run to our living hope. And like Paul says in Philippians 4, 6 through 7, he says, be anxious for nothing. But by prayer and supplication, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, we need our hearts and minds guarded by this living hope. If not, we will start believing those lies. We will start believing in what our flesh is doing and, and trying to combat the work of the Spirit in our life and we have to run from that and be anxious for nothing are we living day by day with this living hope at the center of our lives really today as we've walked into here to gather with this community of believers are we living with this hope in view that Jesus died for me so that I do not have to, I have no longer have to live life in my own terms. But I live life now through this living hope and he directs my path. Is it this full assurance in Christ and his finished work that leads our hearts and minds daily? I'm continually thankful that the Lord reminds us of our need for his presence and his work in and through our lives let us daily fight to keep our hearts and minds on him 
I'm going to finish our time tonight by reading a portion of that song that we're getting ready to sing again. And I want us to really, like we started tonight, examine our hearts and say, Jesus, am I living with this hope, with you in view continually? Am I walking into Christmas Day? Have I walked through this season of Advent with you, my living hope in view in every scenario of my life? Or are there things that we need to confess today and get right with the Lord? He says, how great the chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation I turned to heaven and I spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. The work is finished. The end is written. Jesus Christ my living hope. Pray with me. Lord, I pray that tonight that you would direct our hearts and our minds towards your son, Jesus, our living hope. And Father, I know that tonight that we have people visiting. We have people that have been attending Red Oak for months that don't know you. They are not living their lives with this living hope in view. They continue to seek to do life on their own terms, which leads them to continually feel empty and void. They continue to look for relationships or job or different circumstances to bring them happiness but Father I pray that, that, that tonight that they would stop pursuing other things and that they would fall on their faces before a holy and righteous God and see how much you love them and see that you truly are our only hope And Father, I pray that you would help us, believers, that we would continually confess our need for your help and your direction. And so, Father, I pray that as we sing these songs, that we would sing and worship to you and that we would continue day by day to evaluate if we're living for you and only for you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.